Thanks for the nod. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are your first choice for Australian Transformers news and reviews, even if you didn't know it. You might think that this is episode one. This is actually episode 101. We have been running under the radar as off the shelf, the voice of Transformers Collectors Club Australia for the last two years. And uh, now we're here with a new look and feel with the same old hosts and the sa in the same old room. But we're, in, we're a new look and feel, we swear, we promise. And you can take that to the bank, but checks will not be honoured. We've got a poster and everything. Yeah, look, there's a poster behind Brad. If you're watching us on the video, Hello. if you're watching us on the video, Brad has spent the most money that we've spent on a single a single podcast ever by getting a human size <laughs> printout of the Australian Transformers Weekly artwork. Um, Brad, who's the artwork actually by? Can we talk about them on the air? Yeah, I guess uh, Jason Mazzaro in um, Melbourne. He's he, um, he done the characters for Failed already. Um, <laughs> yes, Justin Mazzaro. <laughs> he um, he done the characters for us the uh, the first time around, and uh, I sent him a request a couple of weeks ago saying, "Hey, Unicron, how about some new bodies for these uh, distant bodies heads we've had for the last two years?" And he come up with this beautiful artwork. Yeah, I I, I got to say, um, as much as as much as I like my um, as much as I like my Rodimus uh, artwork, I reckon I reckon your Oztron is um, pretty much the winner out of everything on the poster there. I, I really like that. It's, it's good. Justin has done good work. Justin is a great guy. Um, really, really happy to see his, he, see his stuff um, blowing up and writ large. So, yeah. Now, um, yeah, and he, um, go he, took commissions, he took commissions when we'd done the uh, characters. There's a few other uh, members in the group getting around in the club that have got uh, headshots done by him. So, hit him up and he might be able to do something for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, look, I, I love Justin's work. I have prints of some of his work um, that will be on the... They'll be showing up somewhere on the walls behind me in future episodes as I rearrange my house. Um, but for now, they are neatly framed and away in storage. But yeah. So uh, this is episode 101 of the podcast. It's the first episode of Australian Transformers Weekly. I'm Jason. Joining, joining me for this week's episode, we have Brad Mel. Brad is president of Transformers Collectors Club Australia, which does make him um, something of a uh, something of a uh, something of a personality in the local Transformers scene. And uh, despite him being wrong about Masterpiece Megatron, we love him anyway. <laughs> oh, I probably wouldn't go that far, but uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. No, no, no. Yeah, no I, I would. You're wrong. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Coming to us from Adelaide, South Australia, um, possibly one of the few places in Australia that's not underwater at the moment. Max Tibby, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thankful to not be underwater because regardless, mm, yeah, of, look, regardless of that, we still had a hell of a lot of rain. Uh, I look. I, I've had a. Um, this is what happens when we have a cyclone in Australia, right? It, it's just yeah, tons of uh, tons of stuff and. Brad appears to have turned into an Autobot symbol. No, he's back. There we go. Um, yeah, no, like when it... When, if you're listening internationally, um, then for the first time, then welcome as well. And um, yeah, no, we have a cyclone bearing down on Australia or a hurricane if you're American. And uh, on the north northeastern seaboard of the country, but it's making it rain basically everywhere. Uh, it's a... It's a massive, massive cloud, lots of rain. It's been dumping on Sydney for the last couple of days. And uh, it... Um, rained out a party that I was having outside my apartment in the courtyard tonight as well. So um, disappointing, disappointing. There's lots of rain around, but yeah, 
Look, Eastern States, I feel for you, but it's nice that you've got the Cyclones back now. The natural order has been restored. Mm. Hey, how, the um, blackouts, how the blackouts going, Max? Oh, no, it's okay. He gets Elon Musk <laughs> to fix his state's power issues. We get nothing. <laughs> we, we get nothing. Like, what, what, are you, what, what are you going to say when Elon Musk builds a, builds a wall of Tesla power walls and keeps all of us out of South Australia, the only, the only place in the country after the apocalypse that will have electricity? I'll, Let's hope Grapple can say the day. I have no idea what both of you just said. Brad. Oh, I was going to say, let's hope Grapple could save the day. Was that just, was that just, just... Was that just like a cheap opportunity to hold up your mate toys Grapple? Yes, it was. Uh, okay, we've lost enough. our power station in here now. So, uh, Max, where do you buy all your cheap candles from? I, uh, I need to get a source. <laughs> you go to Daiso. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't, have, we don't have candles. We just start bushfires. Mm, yes, fair enough. I thought you were going to say you don't have dice. I was going to say that's very disappointing if that's the case. I don't think we do. I don't think we have that either. You don't. You don't have the amazing two the shop where everything is two dollars eighty, including including plastic display cases that are just the right size for deluxe cars. Very nice. No, in, we we do have a two dollar uh, two dollar eighty shop. It's like a mm-hmm. Japanese themed one, but I, I know it's not called Daiso. Oh. Okay, maybe it's called something different in uh, different in Adelaide for like. I'm gonna say copyright reasons, but I don't know that Adelaide would have any copyright on uh, the word Daiso. <laughs> Might be surprising because I, I know they call, I think they call Woolworths Safeway in Victoria or something like that. Ah, uh, they don't anymore. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that no, was that, that, that was the '90s, um, which I believe is when you were born. So that's okay. Fun fact, I never knew Woolworths was Woolworths until I joined the army and left Victoria. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so, so look, since it's the, since it's the <laughs> Australian podcast, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, grew up, I grew up with Safeway in Victoria and then when I went, mm-hmm. to, um, when I went to see my grandparents in Queensland, they're like, what's a Woolworths? Oh, okay. But, and then I realized that they were both marketing themselves as the fresh food people and realized that that's why they're the same company. So, And that Woolworths is a completely different Woolworths than the ones that you guys get in the UK and in the US for overseas listeners. So, um, great. <laughs> Disregard. <laughs> great just, start. Just, just, just ignore everything that we've just said. It doesn't apply to you. It's fine. I'm so sure let's you found uh, scintillating regardless. Oh, look, of course, you know, you've got to have some local flavor. Like, you know, we can, this is the Australian podcast. We can talk about democracy sausages when it comes to election time and people still won't have any idea what we're talking about. Take Your Belt oh. to Work Day has been relaunched with a competition by TCCA, the Transformers Collectors Club Australia. That is where Brad is from. Each Wednesday in the TCCA Facebook group, there is a post for the week's competition. You can post your bot in the real world pick and there's a chance to win some great prizes at the end of the year when uh, all the all the winners from each week uh, they get to do battle in like a take your bot to work day thunderdome where lots of photos enter and only one leaves so this week's winner was simon smith who's uh posted a posted the photo that uh, you can see on screen if you're watching the video feed it's uh it's alpha trion but it's that's not the uh, titans return alpha trion is it no, that's a third-party one that I don't think transforms. He looks like he poses, but he doesn't transform. That's fine. He looks like he, looks like he doesn't... Yeah, I think that's the future EX Goken 
it's a, it's a mm. bit die cast yeah. action figure. It looks great. Which regardless. Alpha Tron should not transform. <laughs> he doesn't have an no, alt mode. That seems that seems appropriate. So he's got Alpha Tron with uh, Chromia, Windblade, RC, and is, are those MMC figures in front of him? I can't actually tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are but the, definitely third party. Yeah, the the variants of the Azalea mold. Mm, yeah, cool. Yeah, so why, oh, in fact, so I know why they look so short. It's because they're on their knees. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> Alpha Trion um, surrounded by his bots as uh, botches, as uh, Tyson Richards commented. So, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Simon, for uh, for entering, and uh, you'll be your photo will be turning up on the TCCA website and going into the uh, major prize draw at the end of the year. Do we know what that mm, prize you, is yet, Brad? No, I've... It's just because it's a year away. I don't want to say, well, it's going to be Masterpiece Megatron when Megatron's going to be eight months old by then. It just Once we get word of what's going to be released around November, December, I can go right out and start looking at getting a uh, figure. It's going to be about 100 to $150 worth. So, um, All right. Whether it's a Masterpiece, yeah, or, or whatever. So that's, that's the aim. That's the goal. That's the hope and the dream. You mentioned this guy. I think it's time we talked about the news. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from Vi Yonder? Masterpiece Megatron is... As we speak, getting released in the world, you can you can see these boxes full of Masterpiece Megatron MP36, and, uh, and this is a this is a post from Action Robo, a Hong Kong retailer, saying, "Yep, we've got him. We've got a lot of him. Look at the look at all those boxes. My goodness, um, that's a wall, <laughs> a wall of Megatron. That, that is a wall, a, a Wallatron. Um, that's actually a different Transformer. Sorry, but uh, Masterpiece Megatron is." Now a thing that exists in the world, and uh, yeah, he's he's ready to go, and he's uh, he's coming out. There's a uh, there's a not an, that's not an in hand photo, but it's a in collection photo, and uh, yeah, I, I, look, I'm going to be happy to have this guy on my display shelf. Um, I still think his uh, his head looks a little bit too large for his body, but I don't care. Like it, it's it is time to put a new Megatron on people's shelves. Oh, yes, yeah. so he's far from perfect, but given all the options that are out there, this is absolutely the best uh, MB Star Megatron that we have. Yeah, and not that any of us have him yet. Mm. No, yeah, but I, th- but but I think in a week, he might, he might arrive and just crumble apart. Well, no, I know. I think in a week or so's time, there'll be a few of these popping up in the group, and we'll uh, we'll see how many people have the cops called on them when they uh, post that they've received them. A little bit, a little bit <laughs> of an experiment to, uh, to try. Um, for international listeners, Masterpiece Megatron is quite controversial in Australia, and also for Australian listeners, actually, because like half the people seem to not know how to import this thing. Uh, in many states in Australia, you will need a permit to own him because he transforms into a semi-realistic-looking weapon, and there is a um, there is a, a club called the Megatron Club, which is a a weapons, a realistic weapons collection club. And if you uh, do sign up for membership of the Megatron Club, that is more likely than not enough to prove your membership, uh, prove your interest in collecting these figures. So uh, there has been quite a lot of interest in this uh, this week in in the group. So you know, I've seen a I've seen a I've seen a discussion post every every few days saying, you know, how do I bring this guy in? What do I do? So I think the fact that he's getting close to close to release, or at least now today he's been released. 
think it's fueling quite a lot of interest in him. And, um, you know, rightly so. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Now, Brad, you, um, you've taken a little bit of issue with, uh, with um, part of Masterpiece Megatron. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? We got a uh, in-hand transformation video this week from someone. Uh, they um, went through it all out of the box. It's interesting. His uh, arm cannon isn't a light-up function. It's actually the sound clip for the figure uh, in Japanese. So congratulations. You can have a Japanese-speaking Megatron. Um, I <laughs> was not... I was not a fan of the transformation on this thing whatsoever, and I'm still not not a fan of the uh, the figure itself. So I, I, I got to say, in response to that, you know what? Making a robot into a gun is hard. Like, I, I don't really have a problem with the transformation being complicated. Like, I don't expect it to be easy. The free the third the party ones in MP5 have done it well enough beforehand and haven't been anywhere near as complicated. This is eight. There's eight or nine steps just in the foot. That's yeah, and I look, look, we were talking about this earlier in the so week. That's 18 yeah. steps. 18 steps just to get his feet to you've, go from being a foot to a ruler. You've correctly <laughs> identified that nine times two is 18. As I was saying to you earlier in the week, I think if you have a problem with a foot taking nine steps to transform, you should probably go and buy a Robots in Disguise figure. There, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's not... You know, it's not meant to be simple to transform. I think, uh, I think yeah, but there's no complication in it. It's fine. The engineering is fine. People, people often marvel at what Takara manages to pull off engineering-wise as opposed to a lot of the third parties, and I think that's entirely appropriate. Mm. Yeah, the thing with this guy is and look, he's got a lot of small panels flipping around on him, but in terms of the basic motions that he's making, it all seems really intuitive going off of that video. Um, and, let's, and let's if you compare that to stuff like Ironhide, where there's a whole bunch of little moving parts, but it's all intuitive. And so you can pick that up and you instinctively know, okay, this is going to go here, this is going to go here. So I'm hoping that Megatron is going to have the same sort of feeling to him. But yeah, you can't you can't compare this to Ironhide because Ironhide's got large panels. No, you can. He's got weird. hip skirts as well. <laughs> uh, I'd say 80% of this guy's small intricate panels but yeah i, don't, I just I don't, you can't I don't, I don't know that i necessarily agree with that like i can see some i can see some panels and stuff on his, on his legs but on his main body i don't really see anything small and intricate i i, I see quite a nice amount of uh, you know flat panel space on the chest and on the arms and like i you know i do see a bit of detail around his um around the top of his chest around his neck but uh, i don't mind I, no, I was just referring to the transformation, not actually the the way the mm. figure looks. Um, it's a bit of an interesting, uh, a bit of an interesting faction symbol on him. I'm not sure why the Decepticon logo is there. Isn't it in the cartoon <laughs> or the movie? <laughs> no, correct. It is in the cartoon, and Takara does do, it does go for cartoon accuracy. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you, you have a look back pre pre Wheeljack. What's the hardest between MP9 and Wheeljack? What's the hardest bot to transform? Maybe Prime. Um, Prime's not that hard. I just I think everyone owns it. So, yeah. Yeah. But even like the Datsuns, Soundwave, they're all fairly simple. They're G1, they're G1 accurate and they're pretty simple transformations to so achieve saying, that. Between MP9 and um, Wheeljack was what, MP21, wasn't he? 
yeah, I call it the golden years of masterpiece. So, so um, what is true what masterpiece? Is, what is the hardest masterpiece to transform in that? Because like they're all the same. Well, that's the thing. You got three or four Datsuns. You got a Lambo. You got cassettes, and you got Soundwave. Yeah, but I mean, look, Megatron was always going to be a more difficult um, figure to transform. And I don't really have he, a problem with it. No, I know that, and it, it's exact. It's exactly right. I reckon his head sculpt is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yep. yes. I mean, everyone was sort of fawning over the DX9 head sculpt, but this one even blows that out of the park. I, I think, I and think the a, fact- lot of the, a lot of the third-party heads, they captured, they captured a, a part of Megatron or a, a particular expression of Megatron that they thought was quite popular and resonated well with fans, but... You've, you still have to hand it to Takara Tomi with their official head sculpts. Like their their design and their expressions are really spot on. Some of those, like the replies, got he's got three or four replacement faces, mm-hmm. and they all just if you get that face on and get him in a certain pose, he does look quite good. Um, that face just it exerts Megatron. I think, I think also while we're talking about engineering of these uh, masterpiece figures, we should remember the uh, the kind of crazy hip swivel and tilt that this figure can do. Like that's that's something we haven't actually seen in a lot of these masterpiece figures before. Yeah, it, all, it almost seems like he's got sort of a figure art style set up in the hips. Mm. Not only the hip, the knee as well. Like he can get that. It's not a directly uh, straight out thigh or carve. Yeah, fire, then straight down carb. Like, he can almost get a Z shape out of his leg. Like, he can really pull that knee up to his chest. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like Posing on this thing is out of the park. And, yay, that's what third party does, not Hasbro, Takara. I don't need ninjas. I don't want Transformers. Transformers aren't ninjas <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm losing. I'm, 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 I'm losing. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I get that reference, but I'm also going to move on. Now there has mm. been a there has been a little controversy with Masterpiece Megatron that came out today and very quickly backtracked from uh, Hobbyland Japan. They sent out a notification to people who'd ordered the figure that said, "Like, hey, we're going to open up your figure and we're going to put an orange cap in it, and so that it doesn't get confiscated by customs." And <laughs> And it's going to apply to orders going to uh, America and Australia. We don't act so Australia doesn't doesn't actually have gun laws that require orange tips on guns to denote that they're toys. But we do often get toys from the same production run or the same importer as we go to America. That's why we have toy guns that have orange caps. There's no actual legal requirement for it in Australia. This was pointed out to Hobby Link Japan, who then backtracked and went, you know what, actually, we're not going to do that to Australia. It's fine. So if you're, if you're someone who prefers your uh, figure's mint in sealed box, uh, you just dodged a bullet if you're ordering from HLJ. Uh, if you don't care, then it doesn't really matter either way. There was, a, there was a, po- a, a post on the TCCA discussion group I saw this morning from someone who was very concerned that... HLJ said that they were going to glue the the cap into the figure. Uh, and the concern was over just exactly what 
a glued cap and tails and how difficult it is to remove. I have to say, as the owner of a uh, Make Toys Despotron, I don't know if they even put any glue on the cap on Despotron. It just, it just came straight out. Uh, it, might, it might be the same thing that HLJ will do. They might just put a little bit of silicon on it. Th- I'd say if you're in the States, you, you're probably, you probably don't have that much to worry about. But I don't recall Apollyon having a cap, but it was just one thing when that all come up uh, after seeing the transformation video during the week, the, where the barrel goes into the, um, the silencer and that for the sniper mode, there's not a lot of room. It looked like a flush... A f- like a flush hole for it to go into and to put an orange cap on there would pretty much eliminate your sniper mode for Megatron. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, no, you, you're probably right on that. I, I was actually wondering what you were talking about when you said that before the show. But, yeah, no, that, <laughs> I'm that not makes entirely sense. crazy. <laughs> it's pr- it's, it is probably just intended to, that you would take that out if, you can, if you are going to transform it. I wouldn't Until wouldn't worry you glue it. Too much. No, but glue is not araldite, okay? Like, it's it's fine. It, uh, people say glue, but they might just, you know, they might even just put a piece of blue tack in there. Who knows? <laughs> Worst case scenario, you just pretend it's a blast effect. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> grab the um, grab the mouth fireball from Trypticon and just stick it on the, uh, stick it on the front of the, uh, the front of the bar- gun barrel and you're done. Uh, yeah, I went to take the end, the end cap off this and took some of the barrel with it, so... <laughs> What was that? Was that was that, course. that was that just a cap gun? Oh, cap gun. Yeah, cap gun. Fair enough. Um, the, like the plastic in the barrel is going to be more so stronger and more durable than what the caps are. So I'm sure you can snap them off, but yeah, you don't. You don't really want that glue and stuff on there. But anyway, it's going to be it, look. It's going to be fine. It's mega no, Nobody actually glues these things into the point that they can't go, they can't be removed. Like they know that these figures are going to collectors. Uh, Should we move on? Let's move on. Okay. It's like it's like you don't trust Hobby Link Japan because it's in Japan. No, I just don't like this figure at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, on that bombshell, it's time to it's time to move on and talk about Robots in Disguise season three. It looks like um, yeah. April April first, which is actually this Saturday. Is it this Saturday? It is this Saturday. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, our time. Uh, America, at least, is getting a new version, a new version, a new episode of Robots in Disguise. I say America, I kind of mean Canada. So what's going to happen in this season of Robots in Disguise? Uh, by the way, it is it is officially season three. It's not the stupid thing where people called the uh, the second half of season two, season three. Um, it's, yeah. So we are seeing a slight change in name for season three to uh, Robots in Disguise Combiner Force. And we are seeing Bruticus illustrated there. He's, he looks a lot more detailed than most of the RID characters. So, um, yes. excited? He also has some, yeah, he's got some beautiful mm. sunglasses. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> darling. Looks like it's uh, uh, Elton John of combiners. I need to try and zoom in on this. <laughs> How do I do this? They I'm look like they the end a big triangle. <laughs> I'm going to open that. And you it's deliberately made it small, so you can't. <laughs> there we go. There's R.I.D. Bruticus. <laughs> he's he's got the he's got the buggiest bug eyes since animated Swindle. Mm. 
But then he's got the big Decepticon logo on a block in front of his face. Like, what's what's going on here? That's why he's got the bug eyes. He has he needs like telescopic lenses to let him see over his Decepticon logo. Yeah, yeah. The Motormaster part of this bot just I don't know what's going on here. Like the torso that. The maybe shark face maybe, on him and the boogaloo. Yeah, maybe he doesn't transform into a truck anymore. Yeah, but we got the figure coming though. We've seen the figures a couple of weeks ago from Toy Fair. Haven't seen the Bruticus so. yet. Yeah, I don't recall seeing Bruticus. Ah, uh, sorry, that's Menasol. Yeah, not Onslaught. Yep, copy. Yeah, Still, no, there's, there's enough color definition between the arms, the torso, a bit of red in there to break it up a bit, and some black detail, like. Don't expect the figure to look anything like this. It won't, but I can't wait to see the bot in a cartoon. We've got um, bludgeons coming. We've got the return of Soundwave, Blur. Soundwave's already back, Uh, isn't he? Was Soundwave back in the second half of Season 2 when Starscream came back? No. No, No, he came back in the first part of Season 2 as a uh, one-off episode from the Phantom Zone. Phantom Zone. Shadow it's, Zone it, and, it's, uh, it's, and went it's straight the same, back there. It's the same thing. It's fine. Yeah, no. So, but that was that was <laughs> that was Transformers Prime Soundwave. We know that the proper RID Soundwave won't look a thing like that. But it's him coming back and taking a new form, new Earth mode. Yeah, he's, so got, I, he's got the yeah. same head sculpt. Yeah, well, it's all connected. Yep. Yes, it is, isn't it? Uh, so we are seeing we are seeing also a report from TFW 2005 that uh, this season will have 26 episodes in it. That that's the same length as the past seasons, is it, or is, have they had slightly less? Uh, I believe seasons, uh, season one and two were 26, and then season 2.5 was a bit shorter. So this is a bit of a return. Uh, season two. Season two was only about twelve or some twelve or thirteen, and they had another thirteen for two point five. It wasn't. Okay, okay. Can we just stop with the season two point five being a separate season to season two? <laughs> I just, season two. So we have the same thing with uh, Vikings on TV at the moment. You have season four, which aired a year ago, and now they're calling it season four B. No, it's the same production <laughs> code. <laughs> It's the same production code. It's made under the same bloody deal. Stop calling it 2.5. Don't let them have their cheaping out on producing one season a year. Good. We're done. Mm-hmm. There's, oh, no such, there's no such thing as a season 2.5. It's a stupid oh, yeah, marketing. Season, it's a stupid marketing half, term. It's, um, the, it's the tail end of season two. And season two thus right. had 26 episodes. All right. No, the first half of season two had 13 episodes. And the second half of season two had six episodes. So you're looking oh, at... Oh, six. Oh, so season two only had... 19. Right. Well, Nine. that's not what Max just said. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Netflix at the moment. And that's what the second half of season two, as people know it to be 2.5, which was the Starscream returning Chronicles, was six episodes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's here on Netflix as season three, which is stupid. It's season yeah, two. It's, it's episodes. Wrong. Yeah. Same it, it, as part. It would actually be nice if the people producing the series might actually just come out and say, you guys are wrong. Or they cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah it might be nice if they cared. <laughs> yeah. it they might, they it just might, relish in the chaos. It might be that we actually care too much. It's our, it's our yes. affliction. There is a third-party roundup of figures coming out from a, from a toy fair in China. 
Iron Factory is coming to the party with their Seekers. We can see, we can see Starscream, Thundercracker, and Skull. These look pretty nice. Wow, uh, yeah, uh, very combinables in design. Yeah, I think what you find is that they're they're pretty much they're pretty much G one and Generation Seekers in the in like the torso, but. I, I do agree. I think the, the combiner wars in terms of the jet intakes next to the next to the heads and the shoulder designs as well. But they are they are they are they yeah, do seem to be so making them like mini mini masterpieces. You can see Thundercracker is holding a very large Megatron. Starscream has his coronation kit and they look great. I'm really, really, really happy with those. And you can also see prototype cone heads in the background. Yes, uh they don't look as big and bulky, though. Yeah, maybe it's just because of the yeah, staging they're behind the, the other characters. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason they don't look big and bulky. It's because they're tiny. They're small. They're little guys. Has anyone put the Masterpiece Megatron gun in a Legends figure? I, I wonder if that's just a remold or a copy. I don't think you can. Uh, I haven't got it on hand. <laughs> no, they, they these look great. There's lots of poseability. Paint looks good on him. Um, Starscream with his coronation kit. You sort of yeah. go, you sort of think that each of them needs a bit of a gimmick because Thundercracker seems to come with Megatron. Starscream has his coronation kit. What's what's Skywarp's gimmick? <laughs> Skywarp, his gimmick bitch. is that he doesn't come with one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's too he's too cool for gimmicks. There's another shot of there's another shot of Thundercracker. I think you can see. You can see more combiner wars than anything else in there. I think you're right with that, Brad. There's the it's just the, the torso, um, just just yeah, the, the intakes on the yeah, the pecs, the canopy in the middle, and just the angled um, bits on either side of the head. But that it's, that's where it stops because the legs are different, the sh- the, the wings behind it are different. Um, I wonder if you'd make some sort of a reflector to go with Thundercracker and give the gun to Skywalker. I'm I'm actually wondering if they might uh, they might remold these slightly and do G1 versions. Mm. I know yeah. DX9 is doing the G1 versions of these. Mm. So oh, so it'll be interesting to see DX9 and Iron Factory sort of go head to head. Then mm. there is also I was just saying in this shot you can also see the uh, the black version of Pandanus behind him there. The uh, wait, no, that's not Pandanus actually. That's it's actually is that actually a black version of the. Um, no, that's way too small to be pandanus. Is that that's a black version of the Iron Factory Scorpionus? Scorpionus. Both. Um, yeah, very both nice. Mm, you got mm. the black version. You got the green or the original version behind it. In uh, yeah. I'm going to say in city mode. But... Now, Max, did you get this guy? No, but I, I think I might have to spring for a black version. Mm-hmm. Even just looking at this, I think the colours actually look nicer than the massive Make Toys Make Toys one. Mm. Yeah, very, on, very, on him, the gold is a bit dull in yellow, whereas this is a much more vibrant color. <laughs> he, he, he's yeah. hip frosting a little bit. There's another shot of Starscream there. Uh, that crown looks ridiculous, but uh, the figure still looks awesome. <laughs> he's a ridiculous character. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. So this Whoa. one is an, another repaint of Make Toys. Actually, no. This is the this is the Make Toys Power Master Optimus Prime. I think the cross dimension one. The Thunder Erebus, which would be a black Shadow version of that Prime Power Master. Prime. Yeah, he's a Nemesis Power Master Prime, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that is just artwork. I don't. Think we haven't seen. Been. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, hello. Now, that's so we haven't seen the the original one, the, the proper Prime. Um, we've I just think, gone straight for Nemesis. No, I think we've we seen have artwork seen for it. And we saw yeah. artwork and a prototype oh. image, and then the coloured version that we just looked at. That's a digibash of a prototype so image just, for the normal Prime. So just bear with it, bear with this on this. This one's Thunder Erebus, and if you go back to this one, this is Thunder Manus. Now, Striker Manus was their normal Optimus Prime, so this one being Thunder Manus will be the, yep. the normal uh, Power Master Prime. Oh, I love that alt mode. It looks good. It makes those cross dimension figures have been fantastic. I actually see a little bit more animated Ultra Magnus in that cab. It's a it's a low flat. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is this full size or is this Legends scale? No. Uh, this cross, is uh, cross big bastard. Cross dimension is basically Voyager. Big size. ones. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Giggity. This okay. guy would probably be about the same size as yeah MP10 and whatnot. Oh, Given that he's going to stand a lot taller know. than the regulars. Do you reckon? Mm. Yeah, I'd say I'd say so. Like comparing those, those shoulder pads, looking at the size of uh, Despatron, uh, and then this guy's going to be a good couple heads taller than that. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. We shall see. I'm, I'm not sure when this guy's due for release. Anyway, let's move on. Um, let's not look at the back because that causes controversy this week. Mm. Is that there's another photo of that? Uh, open play. Have we heard of open play before? We have. They showed us a teaser image of this guy, and that's and yeah. that's all we've seen so far. Yeah, I don't think we've seen color on it. Spring. Kind of. I kind of like that uh, that chest design on this this Springer. He's he looks pretty good. Oh, yeah, if the build quality turns out, this would be a really solid you know, first release for the company. Yeah, this was <laughs> my uh, this is my pick of the the third party Springers back in the day when they all hit hit the fan, hit the. Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think I recall that. Um, I, I kind of feel like yeah. the alt, the alt modes both look a little bit too similar for my liking, but mm, that's, that's the thing is cartoony. if you look at them, there's a lot moving around, but it doesn't achieve much. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, they've they've managed to make the uh, canopy a little bit wider and flip up some panels on the front, and then yeah, whatever. Um, well, it's sorry. got a yeah, it's got a it's got a false in the middle of the panel. I mean, middle of the canopy to widen it. Yeah. Still think it looks pretty nice in bot mode. Maybe those legs might look a little bit plain. I'm not sure. I just, yeah. yeah, I just thought comparing to like Alan, it just, it didn't have the Dinobot, lot the big legs. Yeah. That was my main focus because, okay, these are, it's not, we're not going for masterpiece cars here. Like this is futuristic bots. You can take any shot of the movie and, uh, go off that but i wasn't going off the alt modes i was going solely off the bot mode and i felt this was the best looking springer out of them all now i'm not uh, currently going after movie bots magnus and hot rod i have and that's where my movie collecting has stopped i'm not going for galatron sweeps or autobots at this present time fair enough Let's let's move on. These guys are Toy World's Combaticons. So Toy World is coming out with their own uh, Bruticus combiner. And these are... Are these the first two bots of it? Sumo. First ones we've seen in colour, yeah. Mm. I thought these were knockoffs. Okay. Hmm. No, Toy World's not a knockoff company. No, 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 no. I'd seen photos of these and I thought someone said they'll knock off um, something else. But anyway, yeah. Nice light piping on the head. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I quite like the fact that they're doing light piping there. So, uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, go, Max. I'm not sure about these guys, you know, because I'm, I'm looking not... at the head sculpts and they look a bit elongated, and then you look yeah. at the sort of lower legs and lower arms, they're just sort of massive chunks, and then on uh, just blast off, he's got like layers of panels just sticking off of those massive chunks as well. And then on, so here's, here's a question for you. Toy World's Devastator figures, a lot of them had those fairly chunky, roided-up uh, dimensions. Have they carried that over to their Bruticus combiner? Because this guy this guy certainly looks like he could have been a Combaticon in another life. I don't think it was done as bad. Um, a lot of those Constructicons sort of... Yes, they had some bulk to them, but that sort of mirrored what was in the uh, cartoon. This... Blast uh, Vortex. Um, I'm getting a big 07 movie vibe off uh, Blackout for his backpack. Um, but then just the bulk and his, uh, his lower arms and his calves are just... I don't... Yeah, I don't know what's going fair on enough. here. I think it's fair to say <laughs> to regard these figures with some suspicion. And yeah. we'll move the, the on. The thing yeah. is, on, on the Devastator... That's all that, yeah. The bulk was a bit more muted. And oh, it sort is of, blackout. <laughs> yeah. God damn they it. They pushed it up a bit on this guy, on these ones, but Wait. it doesn't really fit in with the aesthetic of these two figures. Vortex isn't a blackout mold. It's not a seeking. I don't. Oh. What is Let's happening? Let's move on. There's another jazz. Who's this one? This is Toy World Coolsville. Actually, this is, this is a jazz that I might be able to get behind. We'll see. I do have the Generations Toy Jazz already, but um, still, interesting. This is one I've pre-ordered. Ooh, it's, only, it's only the shot for him. Only the one shot. Toy World also has a Superion Combiner coming as well because they did so well with one Combiner, now they're going to tackle all of them. Here's a shot of a couple of the limbs. They look suitably large and chunky in their combined state, so fair enough. Those aerial bots actually look pretty nice as, uh, as their alt modes. Look at that. They yeah, do the look very good. Skydive has a massive chunk of robot underneath him. Just I think they I all do, it, don't which they? I suppose is true to form. Yeah. Well, they only got to stand up, and that's that's where the sort of third party going. Well, let's cater to the G oneers and just go full out G one, and that's what they're doing here. Yeah, I suppose so. that's that's essentially what they're doing. And then, right, we're going to have the bot stand it up. You're going to have it completely poseable, not just an arm on a swivel hinge and why Why would you ask for more? Again, what, Autobots, aeroplanes, not ninjas. Yeah, fair enough. Here we go. I mean, I don't, I don't think these look perfect, but they're definitely better than those Combaticons that they revealed. And better than Uranus let's, too. Let's move on. Let's move on. The, the, these are the uh, X-Transbots, Trailbreakers, and Hoist. And they come with a lot of accessories, as you can see there. Uh, that's... Looks impressive enough. I, I, I am the proud owner of uh, Ocular Max, uh, Terrigis, and um, Artifacts. Uh, I'm not super interested in these, but uh, they, they do look nice. I, the thing with the accessories is that, sure, there's a lot of options, but you know, where are you, where are you going to put all that crap? You know, and how often are you going to use it? Probably in its box. Yeah, I Plus, so. they're making up for the fact that these bots look like shit. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Jason, you said you had these? No, I have the Ocular Max ones. 
Oh, even better. Yeah, they look like shit. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the bots look like shit, but their legs. Are... That head. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm not really a fan of what they've done with the legs there. <sighs> the legs, the head, the hip, the hip's been yeah, just... Look, I, look, I, I, I think it's actually fair to say that X-Transbots has been a bit hit and miss. They they impressed everyone with a polyon and sort of smashed that out of the park. But I think since then, their stuff has been a bit... I'll say, though, they went... Quality. They went pretty good into uh, the sweeps. But again, mm-hmm. being a complete G1 seeker shell former, just that's real easy to do. They've had to go back now and do something difficult. Have you got you got Argos, haven't you? Or Aragos, whatever the beachcomber is? Yeah, I've got their beachcomber. Yeah. yeah. He looks um, pretty good. From I, all, I like him. All accounts, yeah, all accounts the mini bots have done are pretty good figures. It's just going to this, their attempt at Inferno is just, if you've pre-ordered brought that I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback but from what i've seen you, it's you, just... you mean if someone's pre-ordered or bought it god <laughs> thank you jason <laughs> um <laughs> that if you cannot say what you mean you can never mean what you say if you've handed money over for it then let us know because yeah i just <laughs> I, I don't know how you can go that over the other options I'd I'd buy I'd buy the Takara one over that any day, but anyway. We did allude to this figure earlier. This is one of Max's choices for stories. Iron Factory's Lord Scorpion, uh, which is a, an homage to Black Zarek. We saw him in we saw him in some of the photos before, but we're gonna look at their it's fair to say these are essentially press photos, but wow, look at that guy. How how tall is this? Uh, I believe it was 18 centimetres. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, good two-thirds of a foot. It's probably the largest figure that Iron Factory's produced. So, fair enough, they're going to milk him and repaint him a couple of times, right? So, it should be for a city bot too. Yeah, and I'm honestly surprised at just how good they've gotten this guy looking. I'm kind of not. Like, I expect expect these guys to look good. I expect Iron Factory to do a good job these days. They They have been consistently good with their figures. I suppose so. Like this, this just looks phenomenal. I'm, I'm loving the proportions on it. Sort of these massive, sort of sweeping arms and legs. You know, his, the and let's not forget, he has a tiny headmaster. Oh my god, that gets me excited. Just having that little gimmick there, <laughs> sort of just on such a small scale, that works so much better than it should. Do you guys so reckon that they've? Uh, do you guys reckon that they've photographed this guy on carpet as like a? a a bit of a hello to Sixo. Sixo's mm. Twitter profile does identify, it does self-identify as owner of possibly one of the world's most famous pieces of carpet. <laughs> yes, this is true. So, um, I, you know, actually, as a as someone who pays attention to this thing, I actually really like the job they've done on lighting this guy on their uh, on their photographic texture. I, th- I think the the light in the background looks really good. I may have to try some of this for my own uh, photos. There he is in... He's not really much of a city yeah. mode. He's more of a weapons platform mode. Oh, oh what a weapons platform, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Almost like the Make Toys temple mode. Yeah, I'd call yeah, it a temple. Yeah, I'd call it a temple or a throne mode. Um, mm. yes, he's I do love the... what they've done with uh, like, uh, scorpion legs and curling up around the bottom. Mm. Yeah, he's like a dead spider. 
<laughs> there's uh, the, the bot mode and there's the Iron Man Iron Man pose because every third party figure has to be able to do that. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> they are actually uh, it, little known fact, a little uber fact for you. Um, if a third party figure can't carry out this pose, it's actually not allowed to be exported from China. There you go. Bet you didn't know I'd that. I'd say it's a KO and not a third party, but I know a lot of KOs can do it as well. So Yeah, but they fall apart afterwards. <laughs> that way they can't stand up in yeah. these lock. I mean, I, okay. I'm sure that there's some merit to that pose just because it, it does really help showcase sort of a range of articulation on a figure. It does. It's just that there's there's better ways to demonstrate that articulation now other than copying every single manga movie and it's, you know, people often call it the Iron Man pose, but Iron Man copies it as well. Oh, it happened long before that. Mm. We're going to move on to possibly the... Uh, oh, Brad, God. Brad, Brad, likes to throw in, Brad likes to throw in statues and uh, statues, and this is a statue, it's just a lamp. I'm, I'm assuming you put this one in, Brad. This is the, <laughs> this is the Generation 1 Unicron lamp. This guy... Actually, looks amazing. He's, we, he's a table got, lamp. He's got lights all over the place. And what was the price that you found for importing it? Uh, my PC doing it for 800 shipped. Um, we couldn't do it for cheaper. So PC is your your goal, your place by, to get this. By, by PC, you do, of course, mean premium collectibles. Prem, yes, sorry, premium collectibles. Um yeah, 72 L light-up LEDs. And it even comes with, a, comes with a free Rodimus Prime you can burn if you'd like to. Yep. Um, plugs in the wall, not battery-powered because batteries would not power this thing for more than an hour. Um, oh, I don't know about that. They're just LEDs, but whatever. Yeah. we, um, it's, a, it's, we a, seen, it's a lamp. Of course it plugs into the wall. Yeah, we've seen production images of this before, and these are in-hand images. I wish there was at least one shot with the lights off. Hell, that looks great! In, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Oh, turn, that. turn yeah, the bedroom really light like off. <laughs> yeah, and I, just, I, I just love the base. Like he's standing on Cybertron, and it's in flames. It's just, it's awesome. I've got a sneaking suspicion that you know this was made by someone who just wanted to do a Unicron statue, but they could only get a license <laughs> to do a lamp. So I just put a shit ton of LEDs on it. Maybe. Uh, you know what I think is funny, actually? You said he's standing on Cybertron and it's in flames. Mm. Wouldn't the flames actually make sense to light up? Yeah. Like, like, as, That's more LEDs. <laughs> <laughs> LEDs are not expensive. I'm just going to point that out. Also, yeah, I know. I know. also it's kind of weird. He's got a Decepticon logo on his base, but whatever. But even, even if he transformed... As long as those wires were hidden, you could still get this whole light-up feature in a so, transform. So speaking of him transforming, when we saw this originally a couple of months ago, wasn't there also a second version that was actually in planet mode? Mm -hmm. Yes. Where's that? Yes, there was. That I don't know. That, that must be the second run that hasn't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get this crappy hot rod <laughs> that comes with it. That uh, I I, I, I really do like. I really do like that. Yeah. Look, you know, if I'm honest, yeah. I could probably do with the panels not actually being lined in black. I could do with them being sort of a darker version of their main texture. Because I feel like mm. the black brings out a little too much in it. But um, yeah, fair enough. It's a, yeah. The panel lining's just sort of 
it goes a bit too far because he's got nice little subtle shading going out from those lines mm-hmm. in addition to those panel lines. So he could do without that and still look really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone buying this guy? Anyone got more money than God? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we are going to we're going to go to a new segment that we haven't done this week, Max. Um, I look, you and I both enjoy the IDW comics, but you read them far more. Uh, you're far more up to date with them than me. So I think you want to talk about Transformers Lost Light number four and till all the one number eight. So I'm not going to I'm not going to get in your way. Feel free to go and do it. Tell us yes. tell us what you think of these comics. Yes. First of all, I, um, have you bought them on Comicsology or have you bought the actual the actual issues? Uh, Tallulah 1 on Comixology, Lost Light 4, I've got the actual issue of. Do you, do you just collect I all just, the Lost Light actual issues because it's Lost Light? Uh, yes. It's, it's just one of those series that I have to have every single floppy. Right. You have to have every single uh, floppy. But, Go on. Do, do, do feel free to tell us about the floppies, but yes. <laughs> floppies. That's that, you know, the term for... Just the individual single releases of comic books. Usually single issues, but yes. Go on, tell us about the two floppies that you've released this that were released this week, or whichever ones you want to talk about. And now, only one of them was a floppy, right? So we got <laughs> Lost Light for Until All One Issue Eight. I'm not going to spoil anything, but this is a good bloody week for comics. Uh, great one to start off with. Uh, in Lost Light, we I'm not going to spoil too much, but we. There's a lot of character building in this one, especially, you know, there's sort of a, a main plot on the Functionist universe, but we also got some great character development with Whirl and Cyclonus. Uh, and then back in the main storyline, there's also Megatron is uh, having more character development in the sort of reboot of this series than I think he's had so far. Uh, he was really the focal point of Morph Meets the Eye, and now he's starting to return to that role. And it's still, going really nicely. Is he still an Autobot? Yeah, he's still an Autobot. And constant allusions to, oh, is he going to change back or not? But you know, but he, he does have you know slight spoiler here. There's, he does have a great little moment with Magnus where sort of Magnus indicates to him that he doesn't believe that you know Megatron's going back to his old ways. Like, so, and... The people he surrounds himself with, like his mentor Terminus, you know, people are starting to see him as, uh, as more of a heroic figure, even if he isn't necessarily seeing it himself. And it, it's really a great dynamic to read. You know, in that issue, there's a couple of, there's two cliffhangers from each of the two main plot threads going on. You know, one of them, it's like, okay, this will be cool to see how it goes. And then the other one, I can't spoil anything about this. But you you look at this last set of panels and you just go, oh shit, this isn't going to end well at all. <laughs> so yeah, this this one it will. And so I get the feeling that in the coming issues, there's going to be some heavy stuff going down for long time readers. You know, if you know, I, I, certain... I, I, I have a friend who um, basically every time, in fact, in fact, she's in the the TCCA discussion group. Every time a new issue of Lost Light or More Than Meets the Eye comes out, she basically just yells at James on Twitter. Seems to be a fair few people who do that. <laughs> he's, he seems like a busy man. Yeah. And we also have Talona 1 issue 8. You know, 
Obviously, this series, not quite as good as Last Line. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. But still probably the second best one that's in the, uh, out of any of the sort of Hasbro universe stuff uh, IDW's putting out right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, again, not going to spoil anything because this one's really, even more so than Last Line, this is really he- uh, heavy in, you know, big reveals, everything. So till, till got- all the one is, uh, is set on Earth and... It has. So I'm only up to like issue two or three. It has actually featured uh, Junkions returning. Or was that Optimus Prime? Uh, that's Optimus Prime. No, I can't, sort of I can't tell the difference between yeah. them clearly. I'm sorry. So yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, uh, Optimus Prime and Tallulah One replaced his previous robots in Disguise book. So t- is Tallulah One on Cybertron or on Earth? Uh, it's on Cybertron. Right. And right now it's sort of, it started off uh, with a big long plot thread about the Combaticons. And now... You know how Titans Return Air was sort of, it was like, oh, Sentinel Prime sending all these Titans to Cybertron. And then mm-hmm. that never actually happened in the series. Mm. Well, now that's basically the main driving force of the Tallulah 1 plotline. Oh. Um, but to be honest, they're, more there's sort of something to punch. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, this, it's this big threat, but there's really a lot of, it's really being driven by the politics between you know the different representatives on the council uh on cybertron and there's it it gets deeper into sort of the previous ancient lore than i think it has so far so if you're if you're looking for something that's gonna you know sort of throw a few things out there they're gonna surprise you then this is an issue to pick up cool Sounds good. Now uh, we had we did we did get a look at IDW's June solicitations this week as well. What have we what have we got? We have uh, Transformers Salvation, which is going to be the uh, it's, it's the latest sort of is it a mini series or is it just a one shot? It's to be a one shot, so it looks like it's an end to the sort of trilogy of uh, the Dinobot series. So. There, I think it was tr- Punishment and Redemption, it says, for the first two, where mm-hmm. sort of it's about the Dinobots finding their way in post-war Cybertron. And in Redemption, there was a little tease of Trypticon as, you know, they were, dr- they were uh, sort of driving uh, over sort of the wastelands of Cybertron, and then it pans out, and you see that they're actually driving over a frozen-over Trypticon. And so, in, so it looks like the main drive point behind the plot line in Salvation is going to be uh, Dinobots versus Trypticon, which I, I can't imagine being anything less than awesome. Cool. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop going through these um, solicitations on on screen and stuff because they're just spo- they're laden with spoilers and we're trying not to spoil people. But uh, we are in June, we are expecting to see Tulola 1 number 11, uh, Revolutionaries number 7, and Lost Light number 7. Uh, as well as Optimus Prime number eight, there's a few other there's a few other things that IDW is putting out to link their Hasbro universes together with um, the trade paperback of Revolutionaries, and there is also there also going to be the collected trade paperback of Till All I One. So yeah, uh, I don't yeah I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that looking ahead to solicitations is actually that useful. What do you what do you guys think? Look, maybe I'll ask you know uh, listeners. If people think that's a good thing, comment on Brad's post in the group but with the link to the YouTube video. Yep. Mm. Yep. And if you if you don't like it, then we'll stop doing it.
like the, we, we have a couple of main discussion points to bring up, but they're not they're not necessarily going to actually go on for that long. Uh, we did talk a little bit last week about how Bill actually pointed out that he opens his third party bots. Bill is a Bill is well known as being a mint in, mint in sealed box collector, possibly even collecting multiple versions or multiple copies of the same figure. But uh, he opens his third party bots because they're not really they're not really going to be worth that much in comparison to the official bots. So Dean Hillman picked this up in the TCCA discussion group and he made a, he made a couple of interesting points about whether or not he opens uh, G1 figures and how he sees the value of third-party figures. And Brad, you also pointed out that some third-party figures do climb to astronomical heights. Do you want to do you want to pick that up? There's been some uh, weird, wonderful third-party figures going to insane prices before. Um, I, the classic is uh, Fence Toys Quake Wave where post his release, he was going for the asking price of up to $1,000. Um, I, I saw sales over $600 for a Quake Wave. I'm yeah, fairly sure I, I did some of the actual, Yeah, some of the actual actual sales, complete listings were up over the five dollars $600 mark. Um, and that's... You got to understand the times. I was saying it back then too, around episode in like in the thirties of off the shelf, that um, there wasn't much much focus or much hope for a Takara shockwave, and everyone was going after the next best thing, which was that. Since then, Cloud Nine come in with their Quake Wave knockoff, which uh, did do a couple of improvements, and I do like that figure apart from the dark purple. Um, what, what, actually, we, we, to... we, we, since you bring it up, we actually did see a couple of new versions of Cloud9's Quake Blast this week. Um, I was going to say, yeah, they've the, brought out the clear, the grey clear, one. Clear purple and the grey one, which is being referred to as Shackwave. And I'm definitely all on board for that. I, yeah, I want to get that figure. I mean, um, I, yeah, it's an interesting idea because of, I think, I still think MP Shockwave's the best out of a bunch. Uh, but I know he's a very decisive figure. I mean, divisive <laughs> figure, uh, as Brad well, would sorry, what, 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 happily what tell that, anyone. That Brad, it seemed like you might have gotten something stuck in your throat there. Oh, I'm sorry. It might, it might have thought, been a masterpiece, Megatron. I thought I said bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. If you are going to say it, you may as well own it. Yeah. Oh, but that, that's that's fine. You know, your money, your call. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. And with, with these more versions of a Cloud9 one coming out, means that, you know, while there's, people were very divided as to, you know, Quake Wave, Shockwave. So you know, just having these a bit, bit more options is going to, I think it's going to make a lot of more collectors happy. It's, it's, it's a gamble um, because. Have Takara release Shockwave as Shockwave? That's the only use they've got planned for the mold. Is there going to be a air quote Shockwave? Oh, I, reckon, I reckon there'll. I reckon there'll be a the the grey coloured one is actually a is Shockwave actually a diaclone toy or one of their original lines or? Yeah, it was actually no. It was my, Shockwave was actually brought in from another line, wasn't it? Yeah, same yeah, sort of deal yeah, as Roadbuster and whatnot. It was yeah, because mine's grey. I forget I've the got name. A, I've got an air quotes G one shockwave, and it's grey. 
that's not. No, you, don't, not you, don't, you don't actually have a G1 Shockwave. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but it's still got light function. The, the figure itself is exactly the same apart from color. I thought we were. So actually, the, 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 the history of Shockwave's G1 toy is actually really quite interesting. If you if you look at where it came from and where it's been used and how there's been cheaper versions of it made that sort of don't have legs that split apart and stuff. I, I've I've looked at that looked at that story a couple of times <laughs> over the years bot? on places like TF Wiki. Hey? What a shitty bot if its legs don't come apart. No, it's like sometimes, so that I'm pretty sure that they used to actually give away uh, a cheap version of it in show bags at uh, the Royal Australia Royal Royal Melbourne show, the Brisbane show, whichever's. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I got one from there as a kid. Well they got some cheap cheap uh, versions of them for uh, some certain movie props to fill fill scenes, fill sets. Yes, true. Yeah, we, we have that, that. That is one of the more alien-looking guns that can, in fact, be painted <laughs> over and used in other things. Uh, just to, to try and bring us back to the discussion point, uh, Sean Howard asked whether or not we think keeping a box, keeping a toy mint in sealed box, is the only purpose of that investment, or is there more to it? The only reason of it, I'd never buy a new thing and then be like, right, I'm going to keep this in a box because it's going to be rare later. I know people do do that, but it's just, I can't bother just having something sitting around for ages. The only time when I'd leave something in a box is if you know, you've managed to track down like a cheap old G1 figure or some other old 80s line. I can tell, yeah, I can tell you right it's... now, if you track down a cheap G1 figure, it won't be in a box. <laughs> yeah, Good cheap, point. cheap for one that's in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you find it outside the community, I'll add to that. If if you uh, garage sale, wherever if you find something mint in box, God help you. Then uh, yeah. Yes, I suppose you sort of you don't want to open it because I guess it's sort of just it's just sort of a mor- it's not a moral thing, but like it's on a, ma- on a matter of principle. You think okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna want to. You probably buy a mint in sealed box one at some point, and you yeah. said you feel like you're just taking stuff out from the market if you open that sort of thing. Okay, but then it all depends too. Like if you're going for G1 figures, you're going for mint in sealed box. If you're a mint in sealed box collector, then that's one thing. If you're buying figures, I, I do know the people that will go like. You look at general special last two years that we've been doing the show, third-party figures, even Takara figures, unless they're a reissue item, their price has held or increased since release. I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure that that's true. Someone asked a question in the discussion group today about uh, the G1 Encore Megatron, about the 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 purchase price of him mint and sealed box my first my first thing that i did when i saw that question was i went over to carousel searched in singapore where a lot of people sell on carousel for encore megatron and found the first the first listing i found there was listed as 80 dollars as new mint and sealed box oh, wow brad's going to carousel well, soon. it's all right i'm going i'm going to singapore <laughs> in a couple of months brad i'll get i'll bring you one back I don't. Well, no, I don't need. I don't need a G one. I've got a G one Megatron. I don't need a mint box. Actually, I've got the box somewhere. I've got. I've got. Well, I'll put it back in the box. It'll be mint in box one. But um, so it's a back in box. Well, not that's a mint in box. yeah, back, yeah, back in box. Well, that's that's the thing. And so G one. Okay, well, we can go after that or 
get back to third-party Masterpiece, like a lot of, even Masterpiece, initial one or two years after a Masterpiece release, before a reissue is announced, they'll hold or increase price. Yeah, um, I think it's actually interesting that a lot of the mini-bots, not the mini-bots, but the, the Autobot cars, their prices have really tumbled in the last couple of years. I've seen, I've seen sales where you can actually get three masterpieces for a hundred bucks. But wouldn't that be more to uh, production qu- no, not quantity out there? Yeah, like but, those... but what, oh, what I'm saying, what so, I'm saying is that their you... prices don't always go up. I think there yeah. are some figures like Ultra yeah. Magnus where they did, and then they've reissued Ultra Magnus and they've brought the price down. Yeah, Ultra Magnus, you can get pretty easily for under two hundred bucks. So, so, uh, so for all of, for all of this, Citizen, like Citizen Stacks one ten. Yeah, the Citizen Stack also doesn't look a thing like Ultra Magnus, so I don't really know what the point is. So it's a pet Ultra Magnus. It's really not, and you're kind of deleting yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> says, 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 says the guy with the giant Transformers Weekly poster behind him. It's fine. So, look to bring it to bring it back to the point. The, que- the, the question I asked that set us off on that tangent was: uh, Is it an investment thing? And I think I, I kind of feel like sometimes it is, and sometimes it might be that that's how you display your figures. I think if you're just buying them and throwing them into storage, I don't know that that's necessarily the choice that you make in terms of whether or not you open your bots and display them, or if you keep them in box. I, I've seen like some some collectors like Simon. He has a lot of mint and sealed box. He actually got. He actually has the boxes on display in his display cabinet, and that make it that makes his cabinet really interesting to look at. It's you know it's it's really quite impressive. But maybe it's a case of if you if you actually have the collection already that can rock that look, then great. And maybe if you if you're buying transformers for the sake of bringing them out and playing with them, that's that's fine too. Oh, ultimately, no one's going well, to tell you that you're doing the wrong thing. Uh, oh, I guess it, I guess it's just a question of how how people actually how people do it and how they rationalise whether or not they open those boxes. Let's move on to the next discussion point because I don't know that we can necessarily <laughs> add that much more to this. How do you display your bots? Do you spend all your money on your toys and then just buy bookshelves at the cheapest possible price? Or do you do something else? I, I got to say, I think you're possibly the person who's I know who's spent the most on their display cabinets. Although I think maybe Dylan might be a might give you a run for your money on that front because of his uh, he's actually built a shed. Hey, this display, not enclosure. Dylan, Dylan <laughs> built it. Dylan built a shed and populated it with IKEA Detolfs. You've a got lot, you've, a you've lot. got those fragrance display cabinets that you picked up from Gumtree and. Like I said, I think you're I think you're possibly the person I know who's spent the most on his display I've got, solution. I got six of them at three hundred dollars a pop. So Oh my goodness, I didn't realise it was three hundred dollars a pop. Uh wow. wait a minute, six. No, sorry, eight hundred for the t- for the six. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot better. That's yeah. Better. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've only got two in here, the other four. The rest of them are out in the shed. I really need to get the shed finished. I, 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 I am trying to figure out how I'm going to... So I'm moving out of this room and I'm going to be back in the study like I was for some of the original episodes of Off the Shelf. 
but I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my Transformers display down there because I don't want to just go with I don't want to just go with Calax shelves. You can see what I've done to my Calaxes behind me. I see you've done sort of similar with yours, Max, as well. There's, I find I find the constraints of the uh, originally I loved having that minimal area where I had this single space and I put a masterpiece figure in there. My collection isn't all masterpieces anymore and it's a little bit more complicated than that now. So I'm I'm more interested in a wider display, something that I can actually do something with bots. I don't want to put my bots just on a shelf in a, a straight up, you know, boring pose like this guy has. No, no offense to whoever this guy is. But <laughs> I, I do want I do want to put up some I do want to put my bots up in some slightly more dynamic poses. I want to put them in some some groupings that make sense to me. Maybe you know putting mm. some putting some fighting teams together like Wreckers or something. I, I, I want more options. And literally every day, the question runs through my mind, should I get a wood textured shelf like this? Should I get a white shelf? Should I have glass shelves? Should I, what color backing should I have? I just, I just, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything where I can look at it and just go, that's what I'm going to do. That's that's what I want for this collection. Mm. And it kind of troubles me. I, I feel like I need to spend a lot more time looking at Gumtree, but I feel like if I start doing that, I will, I'll scroll back far enough in Gumtree that I'll be looking at things that were listed about four years ago. And, you know, they won't, they won't obviously won't be available anymore. But then if I look at it once, I'm going to get sick and tired of it and then I'm, I won't look at the listings again for months so maybe if I maybe I look every four years it'll it'll make sense there's just I, 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 there's I certainly know. a black I, hole I need there. to make a decision yeah yeah and it's um, like going off what you're saying with your display um, like Leonard Tanner again had saw those cubes oh, he had Le- one Leonard's one got display. some really nice displays now yeah I haven't seen that, but just like showcasing the single figure, not all grouped together like this. Do you know, you know Looking, ultimately why I had this... to stop doing it? It's because I've got too many figures. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what happens. Collections collections grow. What you have on display grows. Um, I don't think going for the, and I'm air quoting here for the audio listeners, DTOF or the Audi DTOF style cabinets is... A good way to have your figures. Yes, you can display them, you can lock them behind glass, but you can still only put the one or two bots on each shelf, and that's it. Yeah, I, I think um, the depth of the Calax and possibly the depth depth of the Detolfs is what really stops me from going out and buying a lot of them. I, I think you know if there was a half width Detolf that or half depth that was uh, the same same square size and shape, but only you know half as deep, so you could maybe spend a little bit more money on getting more of them to line your, your cabinet. Ultimately, I kind of feel like if I'm looking for that, I might actually be looking for something like a Billy bookcase with glass doors on the front. Mm. But you can oh. cheat. You can cheat because I know Dylan, he might not have done it now, but when, I was, when he was installing those DTOFs and talking to him, he was going to have every second one remove the center glass. So you've got a double DTOF. Side by side. Yeah, but if you're going to do that, you may as well just buy the double detolf from Fantastic Furniture. <laughs> yeah. like, it's literally double the price of a detolf, and they've saved you the effort of removing the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Max, Max. What, what what have what have you got on your on your displays there? I know you've got your Calyxes there, but I think that I also saw. Did I also see a, a detail somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, so I've got basically got Calyxes behind me, which I've I've done what you've done, where I've, I've separated it up a bit. So I've taken out one of the panels and used that to get some a uh, wider display for the Star Wars Imperial troops. Um. And then right next to me, there's two details, which I just added the other week. And then other than that, I've also got a CD rack going. I've just got a bunch of little mini displays. Little guys in there. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I kind of feel like if I had if I had some billies that would uh, I'd have glass doors on, I could actually use the billy CD shelves on the side for smaller bots as well. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it works surprisingly well because I've got, I've got like a, you know little third party pocket scale figures on one shelf. Got one eighteenth scale Marvel guys on another. Mm. Lots of little Halo figures below that because you can get just sort of little displays going, and it all fits in there really nicely. Yeah. Do you do you think that you cheap out on the displays, or is it that you haven't found the thing that you want to spend a lot of money on yet? Oh, I'll absolutely! Go. Like all, all these this. All these displays behind me, those are all secondhand. The only ones I bought brand new are the Detolfs, and those I just got them when they were on sale. You know, I pretty much, the vast majority of money I spend goes towards figures. All right. Speaking of money you spend going towards figures, before we bring the, before we bring the podcast to an end, Let's talk about some new toys. Brad, you've got some new toys. In fact, we all have new toys this week. Brad, do you want to go first? I'll start with the better one that came out. Make toys hellfire. Very nice. Um, oh, I just need to be able to see. The detail on him, um, bot mode, alt mode. He's got the ladder. I'm, I'm all for the toy, G1 toy. I, the cartoon accuracy changes from episode to episode, so I'm not going after figures dedicated on that. But um, I just love the way he looks and uh, grapple as well. Good robot mode. Plenty of uh, ankle articulation. Oh, I'll go that way, not that way. <laughs> His erect crane does not bend in half like Takara's version, which I still don't yeah, know what the hell that's about. How much does that factor into you? Because I think the thing that decided for me to get the Takara versions is being able to fold in that massive assembly into the chest. So I'm not, I'm not talking, does that bother I'm talk, you? I'm not talking about making that disappear. I'm talking about making it bend in the middle that the car one does. But I'm, I'm, I'm going after toy at Supernova. I'll have the G1 toy. I'll have it stand next to this, and it looks perfect next to this. But the car version does not look good standing next to the G1 figure. And that's just the way, uh, well, the way I display them. The way I want them, and the way I collect them. I, I I I've seen the engineering both for Inferno and Grapple for Takara, the way they fold away, and it looks good. I won't deny that, but it's not what I want in collection. I've uh, I've tasted better meals in the uh, the original G1 or the original masterpiece line, and um, at the moment the food tastes shit. So. <laughs> Fair enough. That's one way to put it. 
Fair enough. So ba basically, Brad, your new acquisitions are Make Toys Hellfire, Make Toys Wrestle, and PSQ, everyone else. No, Takara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Max, do you want to go on with yours? Right. So, uh, yes, I would love to. Thank you. So, over last weekend, there was a no another local trade day slash get together um, where you met up with a bunch of local guys and of, of speaking of a devil, Dylan, I picked up a whole bunch of G1 stuff, mostly parts, and includes a lot of parts for Menasaur here. So I think at this point I've got nice. everything except the cross plate. Oh, yeah. But it means <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can finally have him displayed in combined mode on the shelf, which is an, a really oddly satisfying thing. Turn the, turn the legs around. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all in the wrong configuration, and that's because it doesn't hold together well enough. Otherwise, like it's very old and flimsy. Sounds like G one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a bit more satisfying. <laughs> Sounds like you on a Friday night, Brad. <laughs> no, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more satisfying. Um, sort of putting a bit more satisfying because... than Brad on a Saturday night. Fair enough. Nothing's more satisfying than Brad on a Saturday night. <laughs> you know, because you sort of, you, instead of just buying five different figures, you go through this process of going to different trade days, shopping online, and getting all these different little parts for things and eventually put it together. And I, so look, I, really I, nice think, I think you get the similar, I mean, you do get a similar buzz if you actually manage to complete a collection as well. Um, you do go out and put all of those pieces together. You buy them from different places. The one, the one thing that I think is a, something to be a little bit careful of with what, what's essentially it's essentially a Frankenformer is there are people out there who will do that and they'll put all of those pieces together and they'll go, this is a, an original G1 Devastator. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. Like you've got Encore parts on there. You've got all sorts of things and... Yeah, you know, th things might not be right with the boxes as well. So I find it, you know, you just need to be a little bit careful and you need to remember, you know, we keep talking about remembering the state of your collections and cataloging them. You need to remember if you've cobbled parts together and you go to sell it later that it is actually cobbled together. Yeah, like I know, for instance, my G1 Magnus has, has got the reissue missile pods on him, which mm. look dumb as all hell, but that's what he's got. Hmm. Um, and then also, I sort of did a bulk buy with Guy Blocklow off of Dylan. He was selling a bunch of little MicroMasters and whatnot. So I picked oh, up. Nice. I need to get my MicroMasters out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do that this week. Oh, they're just, they're just wonderful. They're the epitome of everything that's awesome about G1. So they've got <laughs> Stakeout, Hyperdrive, and Fix It. Uh, Stakeout was like one of the first Transformers I ever owned and lost him years ago. So it's nice to have a proper one of him again now. Yeah, Fix I, I it. think I've got the same problem too. Yeah. Fix it. I just like the character and so I had to have that. And then Hyperdrive. He doesn't stammer either. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what, is, what is Fix It's... Uh, oh, man, is he an ambulance? He's, yeah, he's pretty much just think tiny first aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not sure how it's going to show up, but yeah. yeah, you can see that. Fun and fact, I always thought you know, the red just... version was Ironhide, and I had that figure. 
Well, you know, I think I think there's a lot of people that at the time when MicroMasters were out, they they did sort of pretend mm. that they were the, the larger characters because <laughs> they look better than the originals. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Ironhide, Jim and Ironhide doesn't have a face. Come on, no <laughs> ratchet. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This this is a better ratchet than G1 ratchet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Hyperdrive, that finishes off my Decepticon Sports Car Patrol, which is. You know, probably the main reason why I love MicroMasters is because of those characters. And also, you know, got all of these for $10, uh, WST Red Alert. Oh, very nice, yeah. Who, like who, it's the first, yeah, first WST I've owned. Might be a KO, but regardless, he's really nice. Uh, but it looks great from the front on, but if I turn him sideways, you can see just how far forward the head sits. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like it, it's it's a it's a like one and a bit inch tall uh, G one transformer. So let's not let's not worry about it too much. Huh? Yeah, he's he's micro master size. Yeah. So. Drop, it, drop, it on, it. drop it on the ground if it bounces an inch high, it's a KO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Max just looked at his floor too. <laughs> his spoiler came off. Oh, oh dear. No, no, uh, don't worry about that. It's, like, it's not, those it's things not broken. Apart, like anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not broken, but, but yes, now I'm not he, sure he if it's a power or if it's worth anything. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't bounce and didn't break, so I'm going to think it's legit. World's smallest yeah. jigsaw puzzle. And to eat, and they, they, so they actually are. I had I had one come apart, and it actually took me a while to figure out how to put uh-huh. it together. That's a shame. And it, Might as well and it was red alert model, as yeah. well. It was red alert. Oh, no. Poor Lambo oh. mold. Mm, yeah, this crappy. guy this guy falls apart really easily. Like I can just pull bits off him. Like there we go. There's the roof. Yeah. Uh, WSTs do that. I think possibly the one that I know that doesn't do that might be Optimus Prime, but yeah. Like the like the seekers just pull to pieces. The legs just come straight yeah. off them. Uh. It's a pretty. Yeah, I mean, at, at least they're accurate to G one in that way. They are quite accurate. The uh, the figures. Um, I believe the original release of uh, World's Smallest Megatron was actually accurate enough to the point that you couldn't actually transform it properly. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And then finally, uh, met up at the same day. I met up with Samuel Tat, the SA rep, and picked up Generation Gasari. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. That's the, and so that's the is are all the Megasaurus clear or is that a, yeah? So they, um, they did they're doing a standard release of him called Tyrant, which is just their legend mm. scale Megatron model kit. But they put this one out early as like sort of a way of saying sorry, the apology for because being so late. yeah, mm. for being late with their releases. And it's a really nice little figure. I've got the oversized DX9 Legend Scale Tyrant on order. It's going to have like a nice little thing going of this will be sort of Megatron reformatting into Galvatron. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, it's a really sweet. nice little mold. Transformation is a bit finicky, but by and large, it's another excellent sort of pocket scale third party figure. Yeah. Uh, look, look I, I think. I think it's been the, it's been the story of some of the third parties for the last year is that some of them are really hitting it out of the park on small figures, and you know that's it's just another example of it. Yeah, it's sort of I this mean, niche market that exploded and has been churning out constantly good stuff. 
Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite way <laughs> from your super small <laughs> figures. So this, this guy, if Brad turns on my camera, I was fortunate enough to pick up an MMC Carnifex, uh, and there goes his leg bending there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to pick up an MMC Carnifex this week. Uh, he is, of course, an IDW more than meets the eye style overlord. I haven't put his crazy face on yet, kind of because I haven't quite figured out how to how to pop his head off, and I'm not sure whether I just need to use brute force or not. But uh, I gotta Don't, say, I tried. I tried using brute force, and got stress marks. Just unscrew how do, it. How do, how do I unscrew it? Tell me. Oh, there's a screw on the back of the head. No, there's not. <laughs> really? The panel. Maybe. Oh, there it is. Yes, it's a tiny screw inside under the under the back of the helmet. Okay, yeah, cool. Good. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't proceed with that uh, that forcible removal of the head. I, <laughs> I do actually want to put his crazy face on, but um, I just thought it was good to leave him leave him originally in uh, just more standard angry. Uh, don't fuck with me mode. So, uh, yeah, no, very, very happy with the guy. He's huge. Uh, purchased him from Chris at Collector's Drift. And this was originally slated to be a second run release of Carnifex, but I haven't actually seen people receiving their second run figures. So I have a feeling that I might have gotten a first, a first run that they might have sent him to fulfill some of his orders. So, yeah. I'm not sure how the whole second run thing was going because I know I ordered... Uh, I pre-ordered the second runs of uh, Coltor, and then they immediately shipped. So mm. I, guess, maybe, I guess I'm just putting out the first runs. Maybe there's no official second run. It's just you know there'll be additional production runs. We've heard that there's going to be multiple runs of Tarn later in the year as well. Um, so yeah, very happy, very happy with Carnifex and Overlord. And my other acquisitions for the week are still boxed because I haven't opened them up. I Managed to get my Wave 3 Deluxe figures and uh, for Titan's Return. Happy with them. I've, I've got the other guys somewhere. They're, some, they're somewhere on my shelf. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to open them up and, and pose them up with, with those guys as well. Like, yeah, I've, I've got no problem putting the, uh, putting the Titans Deluxes on my shelf. Yeah, they're everywhere over here, those ones. Yeah, they, they have been. Look, they've been out in Australia for quite a while. Um. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't. I don't necessarily want to go into whether or not people are being too impatient with uh, some certain online retailers, resellers, or retailers <laughs> nah. with their orders or not. But um, yeah, that's a rabbit hole we're not going down. Yeah, it's not because uh, that's uh, so. Look, to be fair, um, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Anyone who hangs out in the, in the discussion group will see there is a thread discussing premium collectibles uh, order deliveries regularly. Premium did update this week and said that they are sending out the last 5% of the orders for Wave 3. I ordered Wave 3 from Premium very, very recently, so I think I'm like the last order uh, that they must have had for Wave 3. So I'm fine with I'm fine with the time it took to, to get it. Um, they've come out at 20 bucks a piece, so yeah. Short of, short of the accidental $15 um, deluxe sale from Target uh, late last year, you're not going to find them that much cheaper. No. So, yeah. I'm waiting for a sale. Come on. Have a sale. Let's do it. It's, it's been a while. It's been a I've while. got some ROD figures I want to buy. <laughs> Which ones do you want to buy? Uh, oh, all of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I want a Quillfire. Cool Quillfire cool does look good. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I Scorponok's the around. one to get. Yeah, Scorponok. will be good. Thunderhoof. Um, oh. Yeah, I'd love so, to get all them. A question for you then. Do you want them because the figure design is good or do you want them because they've actually fleshed out their personalities a bit in the cartoon? Because I've watched the cartoon cartoon. and all those characters. (laughs) So that's actually actually how I've ended up looking for some of the R.I.D. figures that I've wanted as well. I remember the the episodes with Quillfire and they were quite good. I was quite amused. uh, Yeah. Yeah, even the Bisque repaint... um, Pirate, Femidor? I don't know. Femidor? No. Femidor? The blue one. He sounds, yeah, he sounds like Monterey Jack. I thought it was Peter Cullen when I heard it. I, I did say it was Peter Cullen, but it's not. Um, yeah, just want to get all those figures. Just because they've got characters in the cartoon. You can sit there and watch them, watch them be their characters and have the figures for them. So, yeah. Cool. I think wait we're at the end of the sale. show. Wait for that sale. Look, there's got to be something coming up soon, right? You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, Toys R Us just announced the sale. That yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't, off. Yeah, doesn't count. They're giving you $5 off a deluxe. They're still 25 bucks each. That's yeah. not a sale. That's not a sale. That's Kmart's regular price. Yeah. yeah that's, taking, that's taking a cut off it. <laughs> Now, what, what, what you just got to right. do is you got to price match for the uh, target stuff up. Yeah, if they, my... well, back then. But then you may as well. So here's here's the thing, right? I don't unless there's something that I can't actually get at a particular store. I kind of don't really. I don't really believe. I don't appreciate. I don't know. I. I, I I would rather go and buy a figure from the chain or the, the department store, whatever, that is actually going to sell it to me for a decent price instead of going to another one and making them price match. Because yeah, I've never if, if, Tar- if Target is going to give you $15 for a deluxe, buy the bloody thing from Target. Show them that you appreciate the price. Show them that you appreciate the, their their stock levels. Just give them, give them the business. I, Unless that, unless you are specifically looking for something that they don't have in stock there, then go and price match it. But mm. yeah, in general, I would rather oh, reward the company yeah, that does the, the good price. Yeah, oh, that's it. Uh, it's just targets stuff up had ended, and but I still had the images mm-hmm. saved of it. So I said, right, I'll just price match it in other stores. Yeah, does and that work? Because usually they call the stores. <laughs> I I just wanted to be W said. Oh, I'll have. These deluxes, um, can you price match with Target and show them the $15? Uh, you know, with the thing acknowledging that it was a cock up and all. And they said, Yeah, sure, we'll give you, we'll sell them 15 bucks. See, that that takes balls. I don't think I've got the balls to go in and try and bluff my way through that. I don't know. I think I might send you out to get my way fours, okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> See if it works. Um, are they even hit in Australia? No, but they'll be out soon. Yeah. All right. And, and that's and that's it. Like, I, um... Max, Max is buying everyone on the podcast, Titans Return Wave 4. How's that? It's really good of you, Max. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you just you just have to fly me to Sydney first. Why? You, you can post them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless they lose them like they have my masterpiece, Cheetor. Ah! <laughs> God, went to goddamn Bendigo. Well, they, but they haven't 
haven't lost. They haven't lost it. It's still tracking, and they just sent it yeah, to the wrong place. They sent the wrong place. Yeah. Are they doing that thing where they just send it in between the two places yeah. again? Yeah, it's all so, post ping pong. Yeah, send my birthday present away. <laughs> all right, look, we are at the end of the show. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the first Transformers Weekly podcast. We will be back with a slightly slightly revolving door of hosts, but with some consistency, we hope. At least the most consistent person from off the shelf was Brad, and uh, Brad will be here regularly, and so should I, and we'll see who else. But thank you for listening. This is Australia's Weekly Transformers podcast. We are produced by Transformers Collectors Club Australia. You will see the website is transformerscca.com, where you'll find links to the club's Facebook discussion group, sales group, YouTube channel, Twitter page, and, of course, this podcast. You'll also find old episodes of Off the Shelf, which is the, the podcast we've been doing for the last two years if you really want to listen back to some back catalogue. I think we estimated that's probably about 200 hours of content. If you, At if least. You, look, if you have a really long commute to work, then there you go. <laughs> you will find the podcast on iTunes, so please head over there. Will you actually find the podcast on iTunes? I'm not sure if you will yet. Please head over there and give us a, give us a review. The link is on the website and in the show notes. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. See you guys. That's weather. Max. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm logged. Okay. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this has oh, turned into right, another point. Right. Oh. So, uh, take you about to do uh, take you about to derp day. Hmm. Take you about to work day. <laughs> I'm going to trust you to edit that, but I know you're not going to.